Uh, good evening, everyone. All right, so we have a, a, a new message, but we'll call it a new message slash uh, sequel. <laughs> we'll call it a sequel. I know uh, in uh, April we did a message called um, Unscrambling the Mind, Unscrambling the Mind. And today we're talking about understanding everything, understanding everything. And um, as I've been meditating through the word and trying to listen to God, uh, you know, uh, I researched some stuff out like uh, in the Kamash. It, it, it's a wonderful book. If you have a chance, uh, uh, I, I, would, I would venture to even try to pick it up. That's a good, it's, it's a breakdown, a Jewish breakdown of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible that was spoken to Moses. And it uh, does a job of, of not just breaking down the, the, the Hebrew angles of things, but also just giving us some insight. And I was studying out uh, some of the Holy Day. You know, some of us are understand the Holy Days and some of them don't. But even when they, they've, they've converted the country to not saying uh, certain things, so they'll say holidays. Holidays actually derive from Holy Days. <laughs> All right, so... so uh, one of the holy days, uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, I, I might not be saying it right, I'm, I'm not necessarily Jewish, uh, uh, but I actually did a teaching in, in ministry school, I was over at ministry school on the Jewish holy days, it's a wonderful, what I learned through the teaching is, is that uh, God is intentional, like when I summed up the class, I said God is intentional, when you see how uh, Jesus, you know, who is the Passover lamb, everything that took place with him happened around Passover. And it, but those uh, Pilate and all those people, they weren't trying to harmonize with God's plan. They was just, you know, uh, really coming against Jesus. And he's the first fruits. And he, and he, he was uh, raised on a, the Feast of First Fruits. Like, if you, if you just look through it, man, uh, uh, and look at, at all the things that the Jewish Holy Days represent. But just for the sake of time here, uh, I was looking through uh, Rosh Hashanah and a lot of those holidays. They play off of the holy days, play off of the new moons. They play off of the moon, basically. And, and the reason why they play off of that is new moon means uh, renewal. So every time you see a new moon, it's, a, it's almost a sign of renewal. And uh, with that in mind, as I was studying, studying this out, we have to sometimes step back. Uh, me and my sister had a great, almost a three-hour conversation. Or was it two hours or an hour and a half? I don't know. It was a long time. <laughs> me and my sister, uh, we had a good conversation last night. I'm going to reference a couple things that she shared. But uh, we were just talking about that sometimes you got to step back and, and uh, reevaluate, uh, as Pastor Mella said on one of her teachings, uh, was it Matters of the Heart? Uh, Reevaluate. Think about what you're thinking about. So sometimes we 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 develop certain flows and habits, and we don't think about what we're thinking about. And I'm gonna use this example because it was given to me. I don't want to mess up the new chairs, even though that would work better. All right. So so uh, if I'm standing right up on the table, it's hard to get up on it. Yeah. Right. Standing right up on it, you're like just to just to get up on it. But if I step back, I can step. Well, I'm not stepping up. It actually. So, so in our lives, sometimes we have to step back to, to, to get a better gauge to, to process and see some things. And so this would be a, you know, we, we're getting to the end of the year, the end of uh, the vision of new beginnings. And I almost said what the other vision was. But... We're, we're, we're transitioning. So, 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 so what I'm going to challenge everybody to do, listen, with all your, pull out any ounce of humility you have and take a step back for the next few weeks and just reevaluate. And in your prayer time, offer to God, God, what am I not seeing? Show me. Like we know what we see and we know what we know. But ask God, what am I not seeing and what, what don't I know, God? Now, I've told you here at the church, every day I try to find out what I don't know, not try to prove what I do. What I know has got me to a certain point. But with all due respect to everybody in the room, I want a whole lot more than I have. 
And God has promised me a whole lot more than I have. But to get to what I don't have, I have to learn more. I have to expose myself to more. And I have to change some things. This is Keith Bradley. Now, now, you know, everybody else is different. But I'm just saying, saying so I have to find out what I don't know. All right? Not try to prove what I do. Because if we just win the war of proving what we know, we'll still be where we were. If we just win the war of proving what we know, we'll just be where we were. We have to yield to what we don't know to get from where we're at. Okay? We, we got that so far? So with that in mind, we're talking about understanding everything. Now, I know that's going to be kind of a tough word because if you understand everything, there's a whole lot I don't understand. But the scripture does say in 1 John 2, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. So, so I'm not going to share nothing that's not scriptural, okay? Now again, you have an unction from the Holy One, but everybody's not listening to that unction. Some people hit override. Some people, uh, their worldview or their repetitions, information, authoritative voices and environment is more valuable than that unction. You know, if it doesn't line up with the, what the doctor said, they ain't going for it. If it doesn't line up with their intellect, they ain't going for it. If it doesn't line up with their experience, they ain't going for it. If it doesn't harmonize with their tradition, they ain't going for it. But that unction is what, what's going to help us in our life. So when we talked about unscrambling the mind, we had two foundational scriptures. So let's, um, let's go to our foundational scriptures has some young men that's allowed me to uh, mentor them. Uh, and, and with that with that in mind, like like we we uh as a as a as pastors we call to serve people so we don't like we love talking to people. Now of course we you know we have to schedule things out. So some people call and just ask, hey well could we talk? Fine, we can talk once a week, no problem. We'll just schedule it out. Um, but one of the things we're walking through is renewing the mind. So this would be a good uh, layer for those guys. Romans 12, I'm sorry. I'm just figure out where I'm going. Romans 12. So Romans 12, and we'll uh, start with 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, 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 listen to, to sometimes I, I get it, man, I get it, it's hard, but if God is requiring it then, it, then it's possible. You know, I have a philosophy I live by, if they expect you to do it, it must, can be done. And so it says, present yourself a living sacrifice, look, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We're going to come back to that word holy a little later. It says, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove or test what is the good and acceptable. So there's a good will of God, there's an acceptable will of God, and there's a perfect will of God. So there's some levels, right? What is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, right? So we have to transform, renew our minds so we can test or prove what is uh, God's will. So now when we renew our mind, we've talked about this before, some things I'm going to speed up and some things I'm going to slow down in this teaching, but I'll speed up this process because we've talked about it before. Talk about renewing our mind. It starts with, that scripture is referring to, hey, just change the way you, you, you think on the onset, on the entry, on the welcoming of, of information. So change your mental ascent. Start with agreeing. Now that's hard because your body is used to flowing a certain way, your mind's used to flowing a certain way, your life is used to flowing a certain way. So when he hears something new, his first, your body's first response is rejection. Because there's something foreign coming in to try to harmonize with its original flow. So, so people that eat, eat, eat terrible, right? People that eat terrible. They've been eating terrible for years. Well, why, why don't you just eat different? You know why? Because when, you, when it's introduced to your mind, I'm like, please. Or your habits are like, are you out your mind? This is how we roll. And, and then they trick you. They go, okay, I agree. We could change. For a couple weeks, get you to, to drop your guard. And what? It, it actually has you doing what you did before without, asking, without even asking you, without you thinking about it. 
which we'll get into in a second. So mental ascent. So right now, we're going to hear some stuff that we'll agree, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I need to change. And something in our body says, once I've agreed, I've won. No, once you've agreed, you're on the line. You ain't won nothing. You just agreed to show up at the race. You're on the line. You ain't won the race, you ain't even ran yet. <laughs> so that's mental ascent. That's what we call, and that's our conscious. You know, renew our mind, that's our conscious. That's, that's, that's you know, you know that's, that's what we decide. Make a decision, okay? And the devil don't mind if you make a decision as long as you don't live it. And then he doesn't even mind if you try living it as long as it doesn't become your default. What you'll get into here now. Let's go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 4, I'm sorry. Ephesians 4. A great chapter to just read daily, Ephesians 4. This, this, this wonderful man of God taught on this chapter some years ago, man, I, and I've been reading it ever since. But uh, he said he reads it every day. I got all these different men of God be saying stuff. I'll be like, I'm going to read that. Yeah. <laughs> Benny Hill's talking about Romans 8. I'm going to read that. <laughs> you know, so, so, so Ephesians 4, 23, and it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So the one was says, the, the first scripture says renew your mind. The second one says the spirit of your mind. Now the spirit of your mind, you're going deeper. That's not just your mental ascent or your conscious. That's your default, your subconscious. Your subconscious is what you do without thinking about it. So, so you know, we moved into this new building, but we, st we still can come to church the same way pretty much, but instead of going straight across Mount Holly Huntersville Road, we have to make a right now. But a couple of times I was going to the other church. Why? It's my default. It's what I do without thinking about it. You know, I gave this example in Ohio uh, just the other day. Like, when I first learned how to ride a bike, you know, back in the day we had training wheels. You know, they make bikes different now, but... Uh, we had training wheels, but one of mine's broke. I've told the story before, and so I would just lean to that side, you know, you know, to try to, if I thought my balance was going to be off. But the person that helped me one day, they took me on a bike, and they, uh, they got behind me, and they said, go ahead, Keith, you, I, I got you. I got you. So now my confidence is in someone's behind me, support me, and I hear their voice constantly telling me, yo, yo, I got you, I got you. So I'm riding a bike, and I, you know, I'm feeling good, you know, because you know, I always wanted to just do what the other kids are doing. They can lean and stuff. So I'm riding along, and the person says, I got you, I got you. And they, they, I still hear them, and they're still right there, but they had let go of the bike a long time ago. They still was in my ear. I still heard them. And I still believed that they were holding me, but they had let go. And so now I was doing it on my own, but now when I realized they had let go, I fell. <laughs> right? So this is what I'm saying. Like, now I get on a bike now and I just get on a bike and ride it because in my default, my conscious keeps its balance. In my deep, my subconscious, right? All right so, so with that in mind, um, we we want to try to change some things because if we don't renew our mind, we'll never see our dreams. I guess we'll talk about our dreams. We'll keep speculating on our dreams. And, and, and at our church, we try to grow from being theorists to pragmatists. Like, like, because, you know, we can just keep talking about stuff until forever. Uh, this is going to happen. Oh, I believe this is going to No, we want to really actually feel it, taste it, hold it, touch it. You know, because that's what God wants for our life. He wants manifestation in our life, not just uh, speculation, right? And so, so it's a time to evaluate. This, this is going to be a time we evaluate our worldviews. Remember, worldviews is shaped by repetitious information authoritative voices in your environment. So just because you've heard it, what happens when you hear it over and over and over, it becomes law. You know, some of us are doing stuff grandma did, but we never asked grandma why she did it. You know, but you've just been doing it over and over and over. Uh, authoritative voices, what's, who, what's been the authority in your life? Now, it doesn't have to be people that you said, they in charge. It could be a bully. It could be, it could be a relationship that has a great influence on you. And it's hard for you to tell them no or question what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't, you know, because they might snap or get defensive. Uh, nothing personal. 
person out there in TV land think I'm talking about them. All right. So, and then uh, your environment. Association breeds assimilation. Not, not because you, you, you something wrong with you or you're tripping. Association breeds assimilation. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's, you know, that's what the Bible version of that scripture. So just being around certain situations. Uh, this guy I used to be around all the time. This is a great guy. Well, I would come home and, and my wife was like, oh, you was hanging with such and such. I was like, how you know? He said, because you're talking like him. But I wasn't going, let me, okay, see if I can repeat that. Just to, No, I wasn't even thinking. But I was around the person so much, I, I, I found myself communicating their same philosophies, or even talking almost like them, almost mimicking them without even trying. All right, so, so during this, 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 these weeks, challenge your worldviews, right? Now, how are you going to challenge them? You need to recognize what man, and that's male or female, recognize what man, what memories, what meditations, or what methods are stifling your growth? So what man, what meditations, what are you meditating on? What memories, what, what can't you let go? Right? What methods? How you operate? Uh, idiosyncrasies, uh, habits are stifling your growth. Because a lot of times we go, I don't understand why this is happening, but we're not taking the time to find out what we're doing that could be facilitating it. Now, you don't sit there with your car, your car is not working right, and you go, babe, I don't understand why this car is not working. And every day, you come in the house, you go, right, babe, I just don't understand why this car is not working. Because after a while, she's going to be looking at you like, you're going to take it to the shop anytime soon, or we're going to keep talking about it over magnifying the obvious. What do we do? We go and, hey, hey, man, this car ain't working right, man. And they go take it through a diagnostic, right? And, they, and now when they, when they come with the diagnostic, do you break the light? You know, you know, your check engine light is telling you something's wrong with the car. But do you break it? Do you get offended? Oh, really? You're going to come at me like that, be blinking all bright and stuff like that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What you trying to say? I'm trying to say, check your engine. Oh, so you're judging me now, right? You're judging me, right? See? See? Everybody judging me. Cars ain't perfect. No, no, the, the light ain't judging you. It's saying, hey, check the engine. That's what the Lord is saying this week. Can, can we check our spirits? Can we check our minds? Hey, 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 can we check our bodies? Right? Yeah, that pain that you've been tolerating is coming from somewhere. And you're not designed to tolerate it. I had to have back surgery, and the guy said, you have a high tolerance for pain, don't you? I was like, yeah, how'd you know? He said, because you could have got this taken care of a long time ago. It would have never got to a bulging disc. All you do is get it looked at. Right? All right, so with that in mind, uh, again, we said that the, the, the man, male and female, memories, meditations, or methods that are stifling your growth, right? So most people are concerned Instead of the, the things that are important, they use these same energies, and like when they come into the house of God, they, they are more concerned about the length of a sermon than the death of a sermon. No, 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 he just said that's good, but, but I don't get credit for that. I, we, we went to uh, the Cove uh, from, you know, we've been able to go twice a, twice a year to get ministered to. So uh, Pastor James Merritt, I think he's out of South Carolina, he said that. He said, most people are concerned about the length and not the depth. They ain't even listening. They're timing it. Because <laughs> keeping it real, if you were really listening, you wouldn't have time to time it. Because you'll be getting stuff you need. Right? Okay, just something to think about. See, see, the Bible says, uh, uh, it's Proverbs 7. Let's look at Proverbs 7 real quick. Proverbs 1, I'm sorry, it's Proverbs 1. This is back working with juveniles scripture. I used to get them this scripture all the time when I worked in corrections. Back in the 90s. Well, 80s too. But uh, Proverbs 1, verse 7. It says, the fear or the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So all our knowledge starts with a reverence for the things of God. Right? It says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, when they get wisdom and instruction, they have an automatic reject or automatic defense, right? See, but that's a fool, according to what the Bible says. 
Right. Because that, that's a person who don't want to know what they don't know. They want to prove what they do. They don't want to know how to be. They want to prove how they are. Right? All right. So in reality, we pretty much all do what we really want to do. In, in reality, we just do what we want to do. So we're getting the results of what we're doing. I don't get credit for that. That's uh, Pastor James Merritt also. And then we, we have these, these uh, things that the world has thought of, you know, the things that don't judge me, this, that, and the other. But in the kingdom, people come into God's house, and they say things like, well, you got to understand, I have a short attention span. Okay, so listen. That's not like I got brown eyes. No, no. The brown eyes is a part of God's engineered excellence. Pastor Mel's light skin. That's a part of engineered excellence. But people are saying I have a short attention span like the color of their eyes. But attention spans are not a result of what's been previously engineered by God. It's what's been exercised or not exercised by man. That's what attention span. Listen, that might be somebody that every day the parents are like, listen, listen, could you just stop asking these questions? Go to your room. Just go to your room. You're getting on my nerves. That's not stimulating a child. Children are supposed to ask questions. I'm around people and the kids be asking me questions. I'll be answering them. It's like, leave, leave Pastor Keith alone. It's like, they ain't bothering me. They're a child. They're asking questions because they don't know. Now, they're going to get you. I mean, I, I, some of them done got me. Hey, so why are you going in the room? Because uh, I got to go get some. Why? Well, because I got to go uh, bring it back to the service. Well, why? Well, because the people at the service are going to need that. Well, why? They, they hit me like 17 whys. I was, and I was trying to hang in there neck and neck. I was trying to answer the questions. Because that's how they learn. Now, some people have not been stimulated that way. So now when it comes to learning, there's an automatic reject because that's too much. And then instead of saying I'm going to stretch myself beyond where I was, they go, well, I have a short attention span. Right? We good? But the scripture says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right? You, you, you have to exercise it. You have to work it out. Listen, your wholeness ain't going to just come by osmosis. You know, you know, you know, osmosis, you know, you, yeah, look, 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 you, you got this, you, you always got to have some uh, expertise to support yourself, <laughs> right, right, it just, it ain't just happening, like, you know, you got to do something, right, <laughs> right. right, look, so, 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 so we got to exercise, guess what, that word exercise is, is, is root word, is, is Greek, it, it means to agonize, we got to agonize. If we really want to get what God has for us, we, we got to go through the agony. <laughs> Woo! All right, so look, look. So, so 1 Timothy, let's, let's go to 1 Timothy because I, I think I'm taking my time too much. All right, so, so 1 Timothy uh, 4, verse 7. It says, but refuse profane, nasty, uh, and and uh, refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise. Look, look, look. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So it says shut down all this nonsense. If you're going to exercise or use your mind. Now don't use your mind to keep up with the fast. Don't use your mind to keep proving that, that, that you're all right. Or keep hiding your, hiding your, your, your spare tires or, or hiding your imperfections. Or hiding even the fact that you're struggling intellectually. God says, why are you using all your exercise to hide? He says, you, you can use your exercise to be more godly, and it'll cover all those things you're trying to hide. Right? All right, look, look, verse 7. Verse 8, I'm sorry. It says, but bodily exercise profit of little. It doesn't say it don't profit. But it's saying that compared to this godly exercise that he just mentioned in the previous scripture, it profits little. It says, but godliness, godly exercise, is profitable look. Look, profitable unto all things. Having the promise of life that is now and that which is to come, it covers here and now, heaven and earth. So we have to start to exercise or agonize ourselves um, to, to get where God wants us to get to. As opposed to punking all the people that's trying to stretch you 
by uh, don't judge me. Uh, I got a short intention span. We got all these little lines. Uh, oh, oh, so you think everybody want to be like you? Well, first of all, this church has never been discussed because we said everything you hear, use it as a target to try. Okay, I'm here. I just heard something that I'm not there, but that's going to be my target. But we know we've said here at the church before, just because you hear a sermon, you ain't going to walk on water tomorrow. But you should be taking a step in that direction. Right? Right, so, so, but, but, you, but you have people reflex, and I'd be like, why y'all put me in these positions? Because I'd be paying attention to the sermons. So I was like, don't put me in a position where now I got I to gotta go through the Rolodex of asking you what really was said. When you can just humble yourself and say, man, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Not the, not the line, God ain't done with me yet just to excuse that you ain't doing nothing. I ain't talking about that one. <laughs> All right. All right, so, see, this is the thing. This agony is a part of the whole process with the word because the word begins as an authority. When you first hear the word, it's an authority. It's boundaries. It's seemingly controlling. Because think about it. Before, when you was drinking and you heard the word, the word said you can't drink. Now, you're going to feel like somebody's trying to stop you from doing what you want to do. But no, it's trying to protect your life. See, 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 it's, 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 not just, it's not about prevention, it's about protection. It's saying, hey, do you realize there's a line here that you've been crossing outside of the presence of God into all this craziness? Do you realize suddenly you slipped out of harmonizing with God? We're going to talk about his presence on Sunday. But do you realize you done slipped out of the presence of God? Like, hold, hold, say, hey, let me, this is what the word goes, go. Hey, man, I just want to let you know, that's where God's at, and you crossed the line. No, no, it's not judging you. It's making you aware. Now, the thought is, what it's thinking is, God is thinking, the angels, Holy Spirit is thinking, oh, my God, I was wondering where I was at. <laughs> I'm going to get back on the other side. Not, oh, so you try to judge me? Why? Oh, so I'm not holy because I'm not on the other side of the line? Well, I don't know how holy you are, but I know you ain't in the presence of God. <laughs> I know his presence is fullness of joy and his right hand pleasures forevermore. All right? So I know it can't be cool out there, right? So it starts out as an authority, becomes an agony. See, it's an authority at first presented as, ah, you got to do this. It's a responsibility. It's an accountability. Then, it's, then your agony. It's a fight to let go of the old man and receive the new man. So it's agonizing because the old man is like, no. Now let me go. Why? It's not that important. Why do I got to do that? I mean, listen, I ain't never had to pay attention before. Yeah. But you're not getting what God has for you. So you got to be locked in. You can't be too busy to pay attention. It's going to be agony to, 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 for that conversion to take place. The scripture says when you're converted, go strengthen your brothers in Luke 22, 31. Satan desire to break you down, shift you as weak, but I'm praying that your faith fails not. He says when you're converted... From the old to the new, from glory to glory. Hey, 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 go strengthen your brother. So we out there thinking because we got some type of Christian language and we go to church and, 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 and we, you know, we know the Lord's Prayer and stuff like that, we just can go talking to people. Yes, you can go talking to people, but if you're not fully converted, they're going to flip you. You're going to become them, not help them. That's why the Bible says when you're strengthening, it says, it says when you're converted, go strengthen your brother. Because now you'll, you'll, you'll be an influence, not be easily influenced. Oh, that, that's the difference when he was talking to Peter. Remember? Peter was walking with Jesus. Listen, man, come on. Y'all walk with me here in the scriptures. He was walking with Jesus, hanging with Jesus, seeing the miracles and everything. But when Jesus was in a crisis under pressure, when pressure hit, Hey, he was like, whoa, 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 no, nah, nah. Jesus, who's Jesus? So you think just because we come to church, we're not going to deny Christ? We're not going to represent him in every stage we're at? He denied him, he den well, he denied him three times? Yeah. And then a cock crow? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, the Bible does say cursed and sweared. Just to prove the high to front. So, so, so this is Peter. And, and listen, at the stage Peter was at, some of us have not arrived at that stage. I'm talking about of, of, of understanding and insight. He was with Jesus. We're reading about Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so this, this, this agony 
is going to be a, a step. But then there's, uh, if, you, if you get through the agony part, then the word becomes an appetite, which you live off of. But I think sometimes when we come to church and the pastor says, man, we got to get in that word, we think it's just going to be a media appetite. But that don't happen with eating right. <laughs> it don't become an immediate appetite to eat the right foods. Right? At first, someone in authority says, you got, hey, 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 if you don't want to have surgery no more, you're going to have to change your diet. So you go, okay, I have to because the authority said so. But we all know you don't change because somebody told you you have to. Then you're going through the agony. The old man fighting with that new man. Like, I know they told me. Man, I know people know good and well they may have a, a coma or diabetic coma or something. They'd be like, well, I'm, it's worth the risk. <laughs> and they'll, they'll make that statement, won't they? Like, you'll be around there like, listen, you got to die from something. Until they're in the hospital, like, why you ain't stop me? <laughs> right? And then it becomes an appetite. So this is a process that we're in, right? Look, the scripture tells us this. Look, look, Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. I know I, I slowed down too much, but I'm going to get it to you. Proverbs 23. Now, now you've read this scripture before, or some of you have. Uh, we're going to see it in a different light uh, today. So Proverbs 23, and we'll look at verse 13. It says, withhold not correction from the child. Like, 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 like you, 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 you're messing the child up if, if you don't correct them. Now, we know there's different forms of correction, right? It says, for if thou beateth him with the rod, <laughs> this guy over here, man, he shall not die. And so, so I remember my, my, my daughter-in-law called me uh, when uh, it might have been a firstborn, it might have been Chanel, or it might have been Mondale. Well, she was like, all right, so, so, so dad. She said, so, so now, you know, we're talking about the whole if we should spank the child, this, that, and the other. What's your take? I said, well, the Bible says beat the child and they shall not die. She said, beat? You know, because you, when you hear that word, you know, especially for a mama that, you know, because you feel the child. We, the, the, us, us husbands, fathers, we don't feel nothing. Y'all connected. You know, that, this wonderful lady here. You know, my son had to go to the bathroom one day. I was punishing him because he should have went to the bathroom when he left home. She was like, well, I feel like I got to go. <laughs> so I was like, man, go on to the bathroom, man. Because <laughs> she was feeling him. You know what I'm saying? So, like, every time a mother hits that child, well, she feels like she hitting herself. We don't feel that. We don't feel nothing. We could beat them senseless and won't feel nothing. <laughs> Anyway, that's not, I'm sorry, that's, that's not nice, you know, some of y'all be like, Pastor, you messing me up, she ain't going to let me spank the child. But what I shared with her was what I learned in C child CPR when I was in corrections, and I, I've told y'all this before, but I, you know, they, they tell you to thrust the baby because there's something lodged in the, the baby's throat. And so I was doing this. And it was like, the lady was like, what you doing? I said, well, you know, you said thrust. He, she said, thrust the baby. I said, well, well I don't want to break the baby. They said, do you want to kill the baby? If you don't thrust until you dislodge what's in that child, you, the child could die. Guess what? If you, don't, if you don't correct that child, if you don't spank that child, guess what? You can cost them their life. <laughs> Just, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> right? So, so, so verse 20, uh, what, is it, what is it, 13, 14. It says, thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Amen. Now, within your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. So sometimes we have to have our mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect delivered from hell. So we have to go through correction. Right? And so we need a beating right now. A lot of us need a beating. We need to beat the pride out, the fear out, the lazy out, the cares out. All that confusion out of us. The worst case scenario is we need to get that beat out of us. Right? So, 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 so God is allowing us to go through some correction. See, see he, look, 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 this is the thing. If you handle the correction right, you won't deal with the wrath. You, you see, you look, you read the Bible. There is a wrath of God. But everybody, listen, I know kings that were doing wrong that didn't deal with no wrath. Because they embraced the correction. 
Nebuchadnezzar was like, hold on, hold on, man. I was just tripping, man. I was just tripping. This is the almighty. They didn't just say, my bad, you, you, you was right. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Hey, hey, hey. This is, their God is the almighty God. Dude start preaching and proclamating, selling God. Why? He embraced the correction. Because he, he, he didn't saw the history of his forefathers was dealing with the wrath. See, we don't want to deal with wrath, the wrath of God, right? Just handle the correction. It's going to sting. It's going to be agonizing. <laughs> Trust me. We know, don't we? Right? I, so, so uh, my sister said something yesterday, uh, and, and we've talked about it in different ways, but it, it hit me. She said the necessary outcome of sin is destruction. And she says, well, we're not getting around it. And so, you know, when I was thinking through what she said, I was like, man, that's good. I said, because God allows some of this, this, this craziness because it's breaking that, that old man. See, sometimes it's allowed until you come to the end of yourself or your flesh is destroyed. I'm crucified with Christ. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live is not I. It's Christ who lives through me. This guy is dying daily. He's being broken daily. He's being destroyed daily. He's being beat daily. But see, Paul said, I besought the Lord thrice. My sister said this the other day. She said, well, um, um, she says, what she says, I should have never introduced you to the kingdom. She says, you become a thorn in my flesh. I said, well, his grace is sufficient. <laughs> I said, I said, in your time of weakness, uh, the Lord will be strong in you. <laughs> so when you see this or when you hear this, sis, <laughs> all right? So, so what was Paul saying? He said, look, he said, unless I should be exalted through the abundance of revelation, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan above me. Then he said it again, unless I should be exalted, lift myself up through the abundance of revelation. Paul was getting abundance of revelation. He was in church. Writing stuff, breaking stuff down, sending out letters. Apostle, planting stuff. And he got a thorn in the flesh. So why, 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 why we think we're exempt? Because God has so much more he wanted to do with him, he had to allow what was left in him to be broken, to be destroyed. He, said, he, says, he says, when I taught the Lord, he says, my grace is sufficient. In your time of weakness, I'll be strong. He says, so therefore, I'll glory in infirmities and, and tribulations. He said, because he said, when I'm weak, he's strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 12. Right? So, so Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, I'm going to just go through these for the sake of time. It says, lean out your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now, it didn't say lean out to your own understanding when you're a new babe in Christ. It didn't say lean out to your own understanding when you're just above a new babe or when you're a senior or when you're a pastor. It just says lean out to your own understanding, period. In all your ways, and act like you know him. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Be like David. Inquire the Lord consistently, even when it's obvious. And why does it say lean out to your own understanding? Because James chapter 1 says you can deceive yourself. We've talked about this here at the church before. You know, it says you can deceive your own self. Right? And, and, and then, remember, the prodigal son had to come to himself in Luke 15, 17. Right? He had, he had to, if he had to come to himself, that means... Something was divided. Well, the scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, you can impose yourself and have to be recovered from yourself. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25. See, so here, as, as we step back, what we you know we're stepping back in the next few weeks, we're stepping back so we can recognize when our understanding has slipped in, gotten in the way of God's understanding, and is stifling, stealing our fulfillment. Still in our peace, still in our joy. With all due respect, still in our lives. I talked to a family member and they said, man, like I'm 40 years old. Like, how did I get here with nothing? Not be, not, listen, great guy. Hey, there's not an evil person. But that own understanding, listen, remember how, we, how we, we've grown up in our lives? We had a reason for everything we've done. 
think about everything that we've done. I'm not, I'm not talking about on the back end where you know it was crazy. I'm talking about why you were in it. Why you, why you staying so long? You had a reason, right? You something that, 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 that excused it for you. Now, where did that come from? That was a result way back in the garden of sin. See, before they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, evil wasn't an option. So, so when God says something, people just went with it. Do you know God says stuff now and people question it? They're considering whether or not they want to be obedient or not. And sometimes they'll hear it and say, I need to do that. But on the inside, their default, their subconscious is like, I'm not doing that. That didn't happen before sin. Like, like, like we actually, we aren't, I'm not talking about asking questions to understand. I'm talking about questioning. That means I believe what I see is correct. And I'm questioning the authority of God. I'm questioning the authorities in my life. See, I've already stood at a certain place. Where did that happen? In the garden. God's talking here. God has established this. And, and, and once they ate that tree and I was good evil, reason kicked in. And from that point on, we consider things. Now, now, now oh, this is good. We consider a lot. But just because just it entered in our mind, we don't have to act it out. You can cast it down. But if we don't cast it down, it, it, it stays in our mind. But then it knows it, it's no match for the mind of Christ, Philippians 2. So what it does is it needs support. So, so it, it, it uh, invites or employs other reasons. It has to build a case in your mind. And it's so, so it can stay long enough in your mind till you act on it. That's why we can't allow uncomfortable, negative off thinking or we, you know, stuff that doesn't harmonize with God, uh, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Scripture says we have to cast down those imaginations and those high things. Second, second, uh, second uh, Corinthians 10, 5, right? And so, so that's what happens. We're, we're, we lean to our understanding, so now we're reasoning. We're deceiving ourselves. We're opposing ourselves. Listen, God, God gives you a system. I mean, any other place in life, if God came over here and said, listen, if you, if, you, if you decide to commit, be all in with tithing, man, I, I, I'm going to just pour out blessings you want room enough to receive. I guarantee you. And you go, oh, okay, okay. If you guarantee it, I'm doing it. But he has. He actually has. So why wouldn't we ascribe to that? We have to come up with a reason. We have to come up with a justification. How I feel. Or, or I, you know how you make the decision and then you ask God to forgive you or God to support you, but you didn't talk to God before you made the decision. It, it's, it happens to all of us. The, the, the considerations are flooding. They're coming at you fast. Or it said life comes at you fast. It comes, it's coming at you fast. But we, we have to make sure we're filtering them through, through God's word. We got to cast down those things that's going to take us out of God's presence. So the key to understanding, um, for the sake of time, is, is going to be brokenness. It's going to be brokenness. That's the key for us on him. Breaking down, you know, our own understanding. Breaking down. So we got to step back and put it on the altar. Present it as a living sacrifice. Right? So, so it's going to be brokenness. And um, a sec, uh, John, <laughs> I about to say second. John 2, John 12, verse 24. Except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. So, 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 when, when it says a corn of wheat, it's referencing a seed. Except if seed gets buried, it has to decrease at the deepest level. Where at the deepest level, it's submerged with the pressure of the dirt that's upon it. So, so, we, when we go deep, when we deeply decrease, right? We're going deep and we, we're going to be under the pressure of the world trying to just consume us with their stuff. But all the world can possibly do at its best is break you. Like that dirt, it breaks that seed. And it, but that seed has to be broken to release what's in it. If that seed is not broken, what's in it, the vegetation, the fruit, or the tree, where that's supposed to evolve, never comes out. And so when we're praying for things, God is sending what it takes to break us. But some of us have are sweet. You know, our, again, our worldviews, our defaults, actually guard against being broken. It guards against humility. 
And so it guards against all the things that we need to yield to to get what God has for us. Humble yourself in the sight of God, you'll be exalted in due time. Right? So, so God is positioning us. You know, the Bible says he that tries to save his life will lose it. And then the way we try to save our life is saving face, protecting ourselves, running behind pride. Right? Because we don't want to look bad or feel bad or be embarrassed. But that is the pathway to what God has for you. The sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. So we're trying to, in the humility teaching, we talked about that. We're talking about the greatest level of humility looks like glory. It doesn't look like, huh, <laughs> oh, he's so humble. He's so shy. That's not, that's not humility. That's pride. I'm not going to risk looking bad. See, we can't be free that way. So we got to go through brokenness. And, 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 and this thing, when we allow ourselves to be broken, we're going to start to see. See, when that when when seed is, when it breaks open, that life on the inside sees a crack to pierce through and makes some moves. It sees, a, it, it pierces through. See, because it's engulfed in a matrix and limits. And it's, it's wound to a certain point. But when, it, when, it, when, when, that, when it's broken, it breaks through, and you can't be stopped once it breaks through. Scripture says, he that breaks the matrix. Once that matrix is broken, once the breakthrough takes in place, man, ask, ask, ask women that haven't had children. Once, once they get pregnant, they can't stop. So God's trying to get us to break through stuff, but we got to allow some, some things, right? We got to allow this brokenness. See, because that next step, you know, I, I heard a, a man of God say this. He said, Miss um, Lamar will probably notice, 211 degrees of water is just hot. 212 is boiling. It's one degree difference. So some of us has elevated to 211 degrees in our lives. We've, we've been willing to go that far. We, we've, we've embraced the agony to 211. The next step is 212. The next step is a whole nother change. The, the change, the, listen, 211, this is hot water, chilling. 212, that thing is bouncing, bubbling. It can purify stuff, it can do damage. We, but we, we're not, we, we're just hovering at the, the 211 like it's all, it's all good. Because, hey, because everybody else that's been around us, they're only at 200. Some of them at 195. Most of them are probably at 100. So we're going, Psh, man, one day when they get to 211, they're going to be straight. Man, why are you even paying attention to them? You got to keep pressing to your 212. Well, way beyond 212, but, you know, I'm just using that as an as a, uh, analogy. Right? So, so, so the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, uh, he says, so fight I, agony, not as one that beateth the air. So some of us are putting forth effort, but ain't making no contact. That's what he means by he's using a boxing scenario. He says, so fight I, he says, but not as one that beateth the air. A shadow boxing, I ain't making no contact. I'm just, listen, a boxer just, just beating the air is going to get tired. And he about to get knocked out <laughs> after a while. Right? He, when he makes contact, if he makes contact, that actually breathes adrenaline in him. That gives him life. Every time he makes, bat, what? Bat, bat, what? Every time he does that, that, that actually helps him breathe life. When he's, when he, oh, no, 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 that dude, he, he about to fall just because he's looking stupid out there. <laughs> you know? Because every time you miss, you, it throws you off balance. Puts you in a position to be vulnerable to get knocked out. God wants us to make contact. He wants us to take a step in it. And our feet is in that, in that stone on that mountain. And we feel like I could take another step. Not, you know, I keep slipping. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm even going to make another move. Because the higher I get, if I can't, if I can't hold on, I'm not going to be able to elevate. He doesn't want us doing that, man. That's what we're theorists and leaders don't understand it, man. Come on, we got, we got to do it, God. 
I'm getting tired. I ain't worked out in a couple of weeks, y'all. I felt that. <laughs> All right, so, 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 so the goal is to recalibrate our minds. Just, get, just, just recalibrate our minds. Isaiah 26.3 just gave this to a young man in college uh, t t uh, today, I think. Yesterday? Yeah, I was talking to him. Um, so he'll keep them in perfect peace of his mind and stayed on him. So we got to keep our mind stayed on God. The world system is set up to keep your mind off of God. Keep it on circumstances. Keep it on stats. Keep it on keeping up with fads. Keep it on uh, making sure you're at every network event. Keep it on. I'm not saying don't go to network events. That's not, what I, that's not what the pastor said. But to make money, you don't have to be at all of them. Now how I can prove that? You ain't made money at all of them. <laughs> right? But, you, but, but they, they, they can always say, oh, this one, this is the one. Then you go to this one. Ah, this one, this is the one. I know he's in sales for, for, for a while. I, this, this is the one. But when I, when I really excel in sales, I just float with God. Because I start living for God. So when everybody was rushing and stuff, I'm like, y'all go ahead and rush. I'll just do this right here. And, and, and while I was prospering, they was getting frustrated. Because people was promising them stuff but wasn't following through. Yo, yeah, I'm gonna buy everything, this, that, and the other. So they was like, eh, I had all these people. They said they're gonna buy this, and they ain't buy nothing. And the Lord be like, hey, well, let's just go over here. I was like, well, yeah, but Lord, that's where everybody's at. No, no, I just need you to do this right here. No, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. But everybody's going. No, no, no. You don't go nowhere. Just stay right here. I'm gonna send somebody to you. See, it's, 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 we, we, we gotta recalibrate our minds to, 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 to set our affection on things above, but to keep it stayed on Him. And this is the key. Meditate on the word day and night. Joshua 1 8. We'll end with Joshua 1 8. Well, I read 7. That's Lewis's uh, scripture. It says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do. Key, th this, this observe to do is just like hearken. Remember, hearken, listen with the intent to do. Right? So, observe to do. It's a common theme through this. According, that's a harmony word, according to all the law. In harmony with all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, now, now this was a setup. Because like, we're turning to the right and the left as if it's an option. Turning to the right and left, you know what that is? Reasoning. That's considering things outside of the will of God, right? Verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It'll be in you, you know, out of the buns of the heart the mouth speak. But thou shalt meditate therein, therein what? There inside this word, day and night, that thou mayest, look, observe to do according to all that's written therein. Therein what? Therein this book. For then sh thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So there is success, but it ain't all good. Right? And so, 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 remember we said we gotta, we gotta step back, and while we're checking our worldview, we said we want to watch what man, right? Male and females underneath man, what memories, what methods, I know I skipped one, what meditations, <laughs> and what meditations, right? Right? That's stifling our growth. So, so you got to just evaluate everything around you just to, you know, be responsible, be a good steward. You're precious jewels. Everybody in here is precious in the sight of God. Like, there's no less than great person in the room. So, it's not enough that God knows that. It's not enough the man and woman of God knows that. You have to know that because then you won't compromise or you won't get defensive and think somebody's going to see you of less value because you make a mistake. Listen, one of the things I watch with athletes, I've been athletes for a while, but, the, but like the great guys, they make all types of mistakes, but they, they knew they weren't coming out the game. You know why? Because they felt I'm the most valuable person out here. So they took more risk because they knew I can make a mistake. <laughs> what? You gonna cut me? <laughs> you know, right? So you gotta see yourself as valuable to the kingdom, knowing that now you can learn from your mistakes because you, you'll accept responsibility for the mistakes. You, does that make sense? So, so, so we gotta step back and watch some things, but 
as we're going to this next level, which 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 when you hear the vision for next year, it really uh, should really uh, inspire you, <laughs> right? But uh, sometimes there's very few genuine family, friends, and associates that really love and support us. It's very few. It's not because they're evil. Some people don't know how to be genuine, right? Uh, there's a lot of fear, envy, jealousy, and hate all around us. There's not always a lot of praise with achievement. There's not always a lot of praise with achievement. But you can guarantee there'll be a lot of haterism. You can guarantee that. I mean, you, you don't have to look for that. You might have to look for the praise or the appreciation, but you ain't got to look for haterism. You can find it at a, at a door near you, right? Uh, they'll, they'll tell achievers, this is what people do, like that. some people that are around you because they just can't stand your growth, your excellence, and your success, and your fulfillment. They'll tell achievers, we can't receive from you because you can't relate. So they're looking at where you've arrived as. Well, see, since you're at this status, you can't relate. So if you're married... The single person to tell you, well, uh, you know, the reason why I don't really come around you because you, you don't understand my situation, as if the married person has never been single. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like, now, nah, see, you know, because of your situation, you know, you, 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 you can't relate, right? Assuming that you've skipped their experiences. Just like everybody that's, that's, that's at a certain level has traveled a path. They didn't skip your experience. They just couldn't tolerate it as long as you. I'm going to repeat. The people that's trying to talk to you that you think that's at a level and they, haven't, they can't relate and they've skipped your experience, they didn't skip your experience. They just couldn't tolerate it as long as you. They got sick and tired and did something about it. So, and the trip is, a lot of us that make those statements, that's why I said you got to watch people trying to get you to react or playing a victim. They act as if the advice from others that have had their experiences has been a catalyst for change. So, so what they're saying is, so I don't really need you guys to look happy couple, look like you're doing okay in your life. You can't, you can't relate. You can't relate. Okay, so I'm going to talk to this person over here that's going through the exact same thing I'm talking to. They act like that person's been a catalyst for change. Like they've been changing by talking to all these people that they can relate to. <laughs> Most of the time, um, these people are just pacifying your current dilemma. Making you comfortable at, at being there. Not challenging you to elevate from there. See, I remember when I first started with uh, youth ministry, so what they tell you with youth, I was just uh, talking to a guy that interviewed me the other day, and I was saying, listen, man, I said, the thing about youth, the thing is, it's not my job to just be comfortable for them, make them comfortable. It's my job to show them where they could go. See, see the, 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 the messed up thing is everybody, first of all, when is cool, like, like I don't think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo, but there's probably stuff I do, they go, pastor. Or I was around some youth the other day, there's like, uh, Yes, yeah, a nice suit, but those pants, they're too big. You know, like, it's, it's too, because, you know, because I, I don't like the, the, the skinny. So they, they was, you know, and I was cool with that. But, but I can't wear everything that they wear. You understand what I'm saying? I can't wear it. But I remember I came into youth in a meeting one time in, in Ohio, and I came in in a suit. First time I ever did it. And so everybody's looking at it, and some of the other staff was like, are they going to be able to relate? I said, no, I'm not here today. To, to be comfortable with what they're doing. I'm here to show them where they could go. Now, and that's, that's, sometimes that's going to be stretching. That's going to be challenging. But they ain't, that, uh, so I think 17, uh, 17, 14, 17, 15, they ain't going to be that age their whole life. So, so we got we, we to be willing to, 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 to stretch them. But we have to be willing to be stretched. We'll help them. Does that make sense? All right. So, 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 man, man I, I get it, but you gonna have to. You gonna, this is gonna be some tough calls to get what God has for you. Yeah. So, so, so we're going. <laughs> You'll see. New beginnings is. You know what new beginnings really is? It's a new beginning. <laughs> it's a start. 
It ain't over. It's just a start at a greater level. He's about to go to college. That's going to be a new beginning. Everybody didn't go to his high school. He's got to reestablish relationships. Everybody going to be Mr. Football, uh, playing for a state championship, uh, 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 dominated in tackles, was all conference. Now what you going to do? Because you don't, you, you, because you don't stand out right away. You're going to have to work to stand out. So I got to prepare him for that. Not just keep pulling him up. Oh, he's on TV. He had wonderful cut tackles. I mean, I still appreciate those and, and, and celebrate those. But I still got to get him what he needs for the next level. And then get him what he needs to, to replace his level. Y'all know I wasn't just talking about them, right? <laughs> All right. All right, let's stand on our feet. No, not stand on our feet. I forgot it's Wednesday night. I'm sorry. <laughs>